My name is Sarah Dudnitz, and you're listening to PR Hangover, a public relations podcast brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter. All right, welcome to PR Hangover. Today I'm here with Becky Olson. Would you just like to go ahead and give us a little spiel about who you are and what you do? It's great to be with you today. I am a public relations consultant. I have followed a very traditional PR agency path right out of college um, up to today. I have worked in six different PR agencies from Milwaukee to Chicago and most recently Grand Rapids. And as of this week, I'm now an adjunct professor in the School of Communications teaching fundamentals in public relations. That's awesome. We're so glad you're teaching at Grand Valley. That's fantastic. What is it that made you interested in public relations? So public relations was not my first major. It was actually not my second major. I started (laughs) off thinking that I wanted to be a lawyer, follow the family business, and work with my dad after graduation. And then I realized, you know, this is a lot of reading. It seems very um, cut and dry. You know, you're reading, you're arguing a topic, but... I had this creative energy that was not being met. Mm -hmm. So I thought, what else is out there for me? I tried education. I took a couple of education classes and I love education. Clearly I'm now working in it. Um, However, I still didn't feel quite right about what I was doing. And so my parents uh, had a a friend whose daughter was a PR person for Neiman Marcus, which is a Mm -hmm. department store and she was working in Chicago. And they said, you know, every time we go out to dinner, they talk about their daughter. She's writing magazine articles, she's hosting events, she's hosting fashion shows. That sounds really fun. Why don't you give that a try? So I changed my major to PR and I started taking classes in the first class. I knew right away that this was for me. I loved the creativity, the writing, the fact that the career is so versatile and I haven't turned back since. That is so funny that you say that because it was the same thing for me. I started out as a journalism major, and then my mom had the idea that I should go into public relations. And I was like, Mom, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but then after my very first public relations class, I switched my major, and we haven't looked back. So, And I, it is so common. There's a, there's a running joke um, when people ask you what you do. You know, or if your grandma asks you what you do and you try to explain PR, does she understand? Because it is a very misunderstood career. That's actually mm-hmm. chapter one of the book is what the perceptions are, what different names are for people who do PR. And so I love to be a voice in helping to bring visibility, as we say in PR, to mm-hmm. what the profession is and what's possible within it because there's a lot possible. It's funny how sometimes PR needs PR. It does. Too. Yeah, because <laughs> you're right. I think there are a lot of misconceptions and things that people think we do that we don't Mm -hmm. and and things like that. But um, moving on, what do you think are the most important skills that somebody who wants to work in public relations can have? The three that jump out to me right away would be attention to detail. So, you know, whether it's events, whether you're planning a launch of a new product, there are so many details from making sure that you spell the product right. Did you send a press release to the right editor? Did you have any typos in that press release that could negatively affect the perception of that launched product? Did you schedule the meeting about that product internally for the right time? So uh, just reading, reading, rereading everything that we write, making sure that it's proofed and um, everything is, you know, I's are dotted, T's are crossed is so essential. Um, having a creative mindset. So we are always having to push the boundaries. When you think about how many products launch every year, which is, you know, thousands, if not millions, uh, 
something has probably been done before and it's our charge to find a new way to do that, a new way to position that product, a new way to um, announce a hotel launch, whatever that may be that inspires people to want to try it, to write about it, to learn about it and experience it. Mm-hmm. And then third, I would say the obvious, writing. <laughs> uh, that's something that, you know, I was looking back through a collection of some of my writing samples um, in preparation for class to begin this week, and it was everything from magazine articles to newsletter articles, press releases, blog posts on behalf of CEOs, um, brochures. And so no matter where you go in PR or what you landed, there will be writing, I promise you that. So having it uh, perfected with grammar, um, AP style, learning, um, you know, word usage, writing, you know, properly mm-hmm. for each medium is so important as well. So I just got out of my first class of the semester. And one of the things that they were talking about was being detail oriented. He was talking about if, you know, because we're making a, a campaign book for the class. And he said, if the client, you know, sees those typos, they're going to start to sort of doubt, like your credibility goes down so far. Because I think sometimes, especially as students, we sort of have this mentality of like, oh, well, we know what we're capable of. So if we make a mistake, it's fine. We're human, whatever. But in reality, those things are so important to, uh, to prove that yourself. That is absolutely the case. I always uh, think about, and you know, when I'm managing people, I always talk about building up a trust bank. And that's mm-hmm. the same, you know, not only in, in the office or in your job, but also with clients. And so, you know, in order for even that first little typo to come, you really had better build up a very high trust bank that you are a credible person who is always detail oriented. Maybe that just that one thing got through, but that has to be very few and far between. So working in public relations and at all these different agencies, what different trends do you see and what do young professionals sort of need to be prepared for as they enter the workforce? Sure. One of the biggest trends I've seen is the crossover of all that PR can do. So back when I first started in my first couple agencies, my main charge every day was to maybe write press releases and then pitch those stories to media. And now the scope of what I've had to either self-teach or learn and execute in a day has quadrupled. So now it's can you develop our social media strategy? And not only that, but what paid support do we need behind that? How do we measure and analyze the performance of this? Should we sponsor content? Should we you know, buy an editorial article within Refinery29 or in another you know, mm-hmm. publication that makes sense? So even though the fundamentals of PR, as you know, the processes and um, principles of PR are the same, the nature of the business changes so much that your job does become very um, different and there's a lot that is needed to be kept up with. And that said, um, you know, even five years ago, I would be uh, working on an integrated agency team, they'll call it, um, and with some of the bigger clients, they'll have an agency that does everything. They have a social agency, they have a PR agency, an ad agency, and I've noticed that they've started to scale back because a lot of times the PR agency can do all of those things. They can come up with a strategy for a campaign, write about it, then as long as we're doing the messaging, hey, you know what, we'd probably be the best to do the social content for it. So um, that that also just speaks to the scope change of what we do during the day. So that's definitely something that I'm noticing. Do you think that it's better for young professionals to sort of have a mindset of, 
not to be a jack of all trades in in a sense, but to sort of try and be able to have their hands in all of the pots or to try and sort of become a master of, of one? That's a great question because I help to interview a lot of the uh, entry-level candidates and interns. And now that you mention it, one of the main questions that comes to mind when I see a resume is, wow, you do everything from Google AdWords to social media to video editing and multimedia and PR. So what are you doing here? What do you want to do? Because a lot of companies, a lot of agencies have a distinct department for all of that. Now, Mm -hmm. it's extremely helpful to know what each department is trying to achieve and how they all work together to support a brand or a client. Um, So, but I would say know which one you'd like to work on the most because Mm -hmm. of course you can do all of those things, but you can't in the amount of time we have during the day to to get work done. So I would say have those so that people know that you can think and observe things with an eye across all of the channels. However, um, come into an interview or a job opportunity, be able to say, you know, I know all of these things. So that gives me an idea of what needs to be done. But here's where I think I can add the most value or what I'm most Mm -hmm. interested in. And now another side question. (laughs) As someone who's applied for over 10 internships over winter break just now. Um, you said you interview a lot of, of interns in entry-level positions. What is one of the biggest mistakes that people make either during the interview process or on their resume and letter, uh, sure. cover letters? You know, I, I feel like a broken record because this is a tip that is any, any number one interview tip that you would see anywhere or prep would be preparing for that interview mm-hmm. and also customizing the submission for that place. So, uh, you know, frequently we'll have candidates come in and we'll say, why this place? Why did you apply here? And they don't know why, or they don't know what we do, or um, perhaps they don't, I don't know, haven't quite thought about if they even want to work in PR at all. In fact, some people will come into the interview and say, I'd like to have this internship experience because I'm unsure that I like PR and I just want to feel that out. And and that's not something that you want to hear. You want to hear that someone is super energized and interested in wanting to be there. It's obviously competitive trying to find an entry-level job or an internship. And so the more that you can show that I'm the person, here's why, here's why I need to be here and why you need me, that will work wonders for you. Another trend I'm seeing is the way that we have to creatively work to get our clients media coverage. So, you know, five or ten years ago, we would pick up the phone, pitch a story about how, and pitch a story, meaning send in the email to offer the story idea for their consideration. Mm -hmm. Um, And they might say, you know, that sounds good. We can schedule that for, you know, next month's magazine issue. And today, media coverage might look even a little bit different in how we go about it. So believe it or not, we actually spend a bit of time during the day sending DMs to journalists via their Instagram. (laughs) Because a lot of times journalists, um, you know, just like anybody, wants to show a snapshot of their day. And so a lot of their stories are them unboxing these deliveries from PR. And they like to show the mountains of free samples that they get behind Mm -hmm. them. And even if the media doesn't write about the item, the food item, the beauty item in their actual publication, they oftentimes have tens of thousands of Instagram followers. And if 
people are following them who trust their beauty advice, who trust their food recommendations, and they shared it in their story, that can almost be just as great for us mm -hmm. as getting the actual mention in the magazine. And so it has been really fascinating to see what media coverage, what media attention, what media relations looks like today. What is one of the biggest challenges that you've had to face in your career? Just starting out, the biggest challenge that I faced was feeling that my voice was valuable and deserving to be heard. Uh, oftentimes when you're just starting out, you know, you're in your early 20s and you might be in a boardroom or in a meeting internally with people who are 30, 40, 50 plus who've been doing this their whole lives. And I will never forget, you know, the first times I was in meetings, just sitting there taking notes, trying to, you know, show that I was listening and being productive. And my boss pulled me aside and said, you've got to speak up. You have to open your, your mouth and say something. Mm -hmm if not more than one thing. And I just thought, well, what do I have to share? What do I know? I'm, you know, 23 and, and they won't, they won't trust me or they won't know what I'm talking about. And the, the number one piece of advice that I was given is, well, there's two pieces of advice. The first one was they're an expert in what they do. So whether that's automobiles, whether that's mm -hmm. makeup, whether that's hotels, but they've come to you for your expert advice in public relations and that they don't know. And if they didn't need help, if they didn't want to hear your opinion, they wouldn't have enlisted you or hired you or um, extended that project to you. So just know that no matter how old you are, no matter how new you are to the field, your voice does matter and they want to hear what you have to say. And many times some of the greatest ideas come from interns or some of our entry-level candidates. Uh, the second piece of advice was to try to speak up at least once or twice. So come into any meeting, you know, maybe you're taking notes or you're on a, a call or whatever that may be. There's, there's at least one or two things you can say. So when you think about, um, you know, you're paid to do a job or you're, maybe you're getting paid by the hour as an intern, it, it, it does cost something to somebody for you to be in that room. And if a client, if you're in, working in an agency, is paying that firm and they're paying for your presence in that room, you have to deliver value in some way. So as, a, as uncomfortable as it can feel, try to at least say or offer one or two things. It could even be a build on an idea or, I agree with that, that sounds great. And so um, when, you know, when I was first Starting out, you know, typically in a company, they give you annual reviews or performance mm -hmm. reviews. And the first couple of years, the one piece of feedback that came on every annual review was you have to be more assertive, you have to speak up more. Now, the word assertive, you know, means many different things. And I don't think it means you have to be a bulldog and elbow your right, way no, through no. a room, but just to know that you were brought on or brought into the room for a reason and you are worthy of sharing it and, and people want to hear from you. And so, again, I can't reiterate mm -hmm. enough to don't let anything um, hold you back from that. And we were talking a little bit before this about some really exciting moments in your career. Yes. <laughs> Already trying not to fangirl about it, but do you want to share either a favorite moment or some, some favorite things about what you do? Sure. There are a lot of them, and I feel like I could go on because I just... I absolutely love PR. I love what I do. And I will say that in 
especially if you start off or, or make your way to some of the bigger cities where the agencies might be working with global sized brands who have money to devote to their products, you're gonna get to do some really amazing things. And that was what I set out to do after I graduated. I spent a couple of years in Milwaukee and then I knew that if I wanted to take my career to the next level, I needed to go to Chicago. I just had that in my mind. And so I found this one particular opportunity at Golan, which is a large global firm. And when that posting went up that very night, I found a 24-hour FedEx. And back then, people still wanted paper resumes. And I put it in a, a FedEx envelope, overnighted it. I called the HR office the very next morning, and I just said, I saw that posting. I'm the person. You don't need to look any further. And so, um, I, so I got there. <laughs> but then while I was there, I mean, I was pulling together a couple of pictures to show my class this week. And sometimes I have to pinch myself that... I've been able to do such incredible things, and even before the age of 30. So we were talking a little bit before this about how you know Frozen 2 has just come back out, mm -hmm. and I actually have a signed copy of Frozen 1 from Kristen Bell, and that's because one of the programs I was working on for Lipton Iced Tea enlisted her as a spokesperson, and I, of all people, had to go accompany her <laughs> on a media tour in New York City to talk about how she had teamed up with Lipton for the launch of this peach iced tea yeah. that they were launching and uh, she went all around town talking to media about that and then I saw a picture that you had on your computer <laughs> of Mr. Andy Sandberg who's from the Lonely Island which is mm -hmm. a trio of um, video producers and content creators and from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I actually said you know what I've been with him as well I was working on a program for Klondike Bars they did a video contest in the the prize was $100,000 and a trip to New York to meet Andy Samberg and have a video editing session with him, which I also was assigned to go <laughs> a sponsor, you know, be part of. And so, you know, from, from meeting celebrities, um, having events with them, international travel, I was working on a program for Florida Grapefruit, which is, I didn't realize it at the time, a delicacy in some European countries. And I was asked to go represent the U.S., for Golan amongst other nine other Golan offices in Sweden in Stockholm and we all there shared our plans that were all supposed to ultimately support grapefruit but it was so neat to be with people around the world so again I could go on the sky's the limit in PR and that's what I love about it now it's really fun to talk about these glitz and glam events it's not that every day but believe it or not one of the clients that I have enjoyed working on the most of all is Make-A-Wish, which is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done a lot of CPG and, you know, some of these big fancy brands, but when you find purpose and meaning in your work and you're able to blend that with a career that you're really passionate about, everything just lines up. So I was often doing PR around kids' wishes because the organization thrives on funding mm -hmm. and you know what better way to help show the impact of Make-A-Wish than through media coverage that shows the magical moment of when a, a kid has their wish granted and so I was able to be there when girls were receiving ponies or a boy um, got his dream car and you know, the PR person to me, of course, I was there doing my job, but just as a human being, seeing that moment, seeing the the meaning and seeing just the emotion, I just wanted to to do whatever I could to also help it. So it's, it's also fantastic when you're working in PR and 
your corporation, your client, whatever it may be, when you just start to live and breathe that same mission that they have, Mm -hmm. it's really great. And then our final question, I know you've already given so, so much good advice, but if you had to go back and talk to yourself at 20 years old, what would that advice be? Uh, I would say to be open-minded and in PR. So I remember sitting across cubicles from from people who maybe went into an agency and it just so happened by chance that they were assigned working on either, you know, maybe a tech brand or a um, something that, you know, isn't as fancy. Maybe it's B2B or something else. And so if that's your first experience and you think, oh, I, I wanted to do fashion and beauty PR, what do I know about computers? Uh, That might turn you off to an entire profession that has so much to offer you. And so I would say that as you're starting out, certainly do the work, learn the skills, whatever the cards have been handed to you, and then start to learn what does interest you. And, you know, not, not week one, not week two, but as time progresses, you know, talk to your manager, talk to whomever's there for you mm-hmm. to say, you know, I, I really enjoyed this work. I'd love to start directing my enthusiasm for whatever that may be into that. Are there any opportunities? Or if there are, can you keep me in mind for that? And you can chart your course. So when I think about how and why I've worked at the agencies that I have, some of it was maybe I had food or beverage experience. And then I read in PR week that such and such agency just won this amazing account, I immediately would contact their recruiter and say, are you you needing staff for that account? I'd love to work on that. And then they'd say, hey, you worked on that other one? Yeah, we'd love to have you. And I've been able to build the course that I wanted for myself simply by kind of following this interesting path that has come to me in the form of the client mix that I'm working Mm -hmm. on. You know, I, I was, uh, when I was at Lambert here in town, I sat next to uh, a colleague who was on a f- former uh, episode of this podcast, and his specialty is crisis. And mm-hmm. so, you know, here we are under the same roof, sharing a wall, and his day-to-day is all about helping clients mitigate and navigate these very complex crises. And I was working on some of our food and beverage brands, and I'd have these media kits sending beer from New Holland to clients. And so we would always <laughs> laugh about the differences of our days because they were so varied. But you know, it just goes to show that there's something in PR for everybody and whether it's super serious and you're helping navigate major issues or you're doing something fun like hosting events with celebrities, uh, it's, it's such a broad and um, you know, great career mm-hmm. that can, can really help you find your way mm-hmm. throughout the time that you're working. That's awesome. Well, what a great end to a great episode. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I've loved this experience. (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed listening to PR Hangover. If you'd like, you can give us a follow on Twitter at GV underscore PRSSA, and you can check out our show notes at GVPRSSA.com.